welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary for Saturday 8th of April 2017. And after my close of the diary last week, I am delighted to announce that I have written 5,178 words of my latest thriller this very afternoon. So that's a huge relief for me because I was dithering around and I've been messing around with my planning sheets and I kept moving my planning time for this book right through, right until the last possible minute on Thursday night. And I finally sat down on Thursday evening before it was kind of Netflix time and had a couple of hours there, and I've had all sorts of ideas swirling around for ages, but I finally put one to bed, got the characters, got the setting, I just got that oomph that I need before I sit down to start writing. So I am away, I've got the story, very happy with it now, Uh, you know, I will get a story out of this, I just reached that critical mass point where I know that I'm good to go. So I started writing today, no problem at all, uh, straight through with the 5,000 words. So I'm very relieved to have started the next book. And bearing in mind, this is now my 11th fiction title. You know, you would think by this stage that I'd have a little bit more uh, confidence, a little bit more ability to to know exactly what I'm doing, but I haven't. Uh, this seems to be my way. Although I have always got lots of ideas, I, I just need to know that when I commit to an idea, when I start writing it, I have to have that impetus, that initial enthusiasm, that real feeling that I got, I got the book, I got the sense of it. And as I said last night, it happened, thank goodness, right at the last moment. I, uh, what I'm doing now, and I really like this, is I've, I've used the novel, uh, factory to plot out my characters and my location. Really enthusiastic about the location, uh, in this book. It, it's, it's interesting, actually, location and scenes are very important to me. Um, I've realized this too as I've gone along, particularly with the thrillers, which aren't set in a sci-fi world. And I do have a very strong preference for writing scenes and locations that I know I have an enthusiasm for. And again, I, I've picked out um, you know, some really great locations for this and great experiences. So I'm um, very, very happy with this, very happy to have got going. Um, the working title is The Lonely Path. That's a rubbish title, and it definitely is not going to remain that, because at the moment it sounds like a guidebook for introverted ramblers. It will not remain The Lonely Path. Um, it's going to change. But um, I can't quite, um, it's almost there, but I can't quite grasp the title yet. I know what I'm after, but I can't quite get it. So when I do, I'll let you know. But the working title at the moment is The Lonely Path. And if you take a look at this week's resources page, I will, um, you'll see that it's the, the little word count screenshot that I show you when I'm writing. It says Lonely Path, but that's going to change in a week or two as soon as I get that title. So that's the writing news this week. And I can't tell you how relieved I am to have started that book. It's going to be published in August. Um, not quite sure what the date will be yet, either the 9th or the 18th of August. Um, so the other book, Dead of Night, is going to be published on the 3rd of May. And when I, when I hit that August target, that's when I hit a critical mass with my marketing strategy for the thrillers. And that's when I'm going to really start to ramp thing up, things up because, um, probably, probably Dead of Night is going to be the free one. Uh, this next one is going to be the 99p one, and then they are going to funnel people into the series, the Don't Tell Meg series, uh, which will have um, some temporary discounts on occasionally, but largely are going to be full price. And frankly, I want people to buy the box set. And to be honest with you, even in my quiet way of selling those books, um, the box sets are selling 
more at the moment. And I make good money off the box set. So I'm kind of quite happy with that pricing strategy at the moment. Uh, this book is going to have another mild sex scene in it, uh, because in my, in my kind of ramping people up to Don't Tell Meg, there are sex scenes in two of the books in Don't Tell Meg. So I need to set out my stall. So I decided that Don't, uh, Dead of Night's going to be the first book because it's just a straightforward, really fast thriller. This next one's going to be a really fast thriller, but I, I need to just get, get people to know what kind of author I am before they, they commit to the Don't Tell Meg series. So there is going to be a sex scene in this book. And then by the time you get to Don't Tell Meg, I think two of them have sex scenes in and one of them doesn't. But, you know, people need to know that these books have swearing in, you know, they have sex scenes, nothing, nothing sort of graphic, but they, they don't close at the bedroom door. I think that's how they describe it. Uh, they're quite, uh, you know, they're realistic. Uh, they get into the dark sides of people's personalities. They are psychological thrillers, so they, they need to be that. Um, so I, I figured that I'd set out my stall with the, the free and the cheap book. And then by the time people get to the trilogy, they know exactly what they're going to get from me and uh, there'll be no surprises. So. Um, interestingly enough this week, uh, you know, as always, although I am selling some of these books now and, and that's good to know, um, I had somebody contact me. They'd got the free, uh, 20, uh, 10% that I could give away on Insta freebie and my crime and thriller giveaway. And the lady this week had written a review and she'd given it a three star review. And in the review had said, um, you know, I've only written, read 10% of the book and this is my review based on that and you could appreciate how being the first review I thought oh for you know for goodness sake you you read 10% of the book um how how could you know what would you even write a review I wouldn't write a review on 10% of the book I'd just move on to the next one where I could read the full one so I thought well I'm not really happy with that it's not a very good start is it so I I contacted the reviewer and said look I'd rather you didn't just review 10% of the book I'd rather you reviewed the whole book so um I sent the reviewer a copy of the whole book and she's read that now. And, you know, to be fair, has done a very good and well-considered review. Um, so I'm very happy with the review. It's detailed. She's obviously read it. Um, and, and that review now has gone up to a four star. So I'm very happy with the four. I didn't want a three, but I'm happy with fours or fives. So I'm, I'm happy with that. But, you know, isn't it typical for your first review, you get a situation like that? And, and to be honest with you, I'll, you know, I was a little bit annoyed about it at first. Cause I thought, who, who would review 10% of a book? You'd just put it down and move on to the next one, wouldn't you? So I was a little bit annoyed. And then I thought, well, you know, don't, don't do that. That'll make it worse. What you need to do is ask for what you want, which is a review of the full book. And actually, because I handled it that way, uh, thank goodness, you know, we've got a four star review and, uh, you know, it is a very good review. Uh, it's a, it's a considered review, a fair review completely happy with it. So I contacted the reviewer, said, thank you very much for doing that. And I've sent her the next uh, two books now um, because, uh, she, you know, and hopefully we'll get some reviews on those, which will be hopefully four stars or above. But obviously you take your chances with that. So that's um, Don't Tell Megan. That's the latest book that I'm writing. On Thursday, I've got lots of lo um, lots and lots of varied author news for you this week. Uh, yesterday afternoon, I had a phone call with the Society of Authors and I've just confirmed that I'm doing a workshop presentation for them on the 4th of November. That's going to be in Manchester and it's going to be paid and I get expenses for it. So in, in terms of being a professional uh, speaker author, um, it doesn't get much better than that. Expenses plus pay. Uh, so very happy about that. Now, very interestingly with that call, uh, the lady that I spoke to, they, she said, well, we have a very close relationship with you writing North. Now, you know, I'm based in the North of England. And I'm always ranting about everything being based in London and how refreshing it is when we get quality writing events in the North of England. Well, I've had my eye on new writing North for a while. I, um, I think it was last year. 
Time goes very fast, doesn't it? It was last year or two years ago. I went to one of their events in Kendall, which is in Cumbria, where I live. It's about an hour's drive away. Everywhere's a long way from Cumbria. And um, it was for a competition, which I decided not to go into in the end. It felt more literary to me. It didn't feel like what I was writing at the time would stand any chance in it. Um, but but New Writing North, obviously, is uh, an organisation organization that I would support being in the north and uh, they did last year's they organized last year's crime event that I attended in Newcastle and they're organizing the next event that I'm going to the Newcastle writing conference which is on Saturday the 20th of May which I am attending and which I'm hoping to talk to Rachel Abertat so it was very uh, interesting connections because the lady from the Society of Authors said that um, she would probably be going to that event on the 20th of May and that she would introduce me to the right people at the Newcastle uh, new writing north with the view hopefully to be getting on that 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 speaker circuit which would be great now let me tell you my aspiration um, and I'm not quite sure how I'm going to do this yet I'm going to need some help somewhere with somebody who can deliver an audience but I would really like to run or be part of an independent author event in the north of England um, I, I would, I'd love to do that and be involved in that in some way and to bring, you know, Northern independent authors together to talk about what they're doing, what successes they're having. Um, and I'm very, very keen on that. And I'm not quite sure how I'm going to do it. I don't have the audience or the platform to do that. I'm going to need some help with that. So I am mindful that maybe that's something I might be able to talk about with New Writing North because they are there to support writing you know, in, in the north of England. So very interested in that. And if you are listening to this and you're a northern writer, just drop me a note if that would be something that you'd like to talk at, um, you know, or be involved in. If I can get some impetus going for that. As I say, I'm I'm not going to organise it. I'd like to be part of it. I do need somebody like you writing north to to help with that, you know, to get that out to their mailing list. Because I, I couldn't fill something like that uh, on my own. So, um, you know, watch this space. And if you are listening to this and you are based in the north and would like to get involved in that to, to speak, you know, or, or to attend it, just let me know. Let's just test the waters with this. And um, also, if you're going to the Newcastle Writing Conference on the uh, the 20th of May, uh, again, drop me a line. Let me know, uh, and I'll search you out when I'm there. It's really nice now doing this podcast that I'm beginning to meet people, you know, who listen to the podcast. We went out for drinks last week after the Amazon event. And it's lovely to, you know, know, know people and have people know me and to have made connections at the Amazon event last week and some new authors now connecting with me on social media. I, I, I love that. I can't get enough of that. So, um, you know, I, I do love the connections that we get through the podcast. Um, also, I wanted to mention another event, the self-publishing conference in Leicester on Saturday, the 22nd of April. I'm still dithering about this one. I've got a ticket. I've got the hotels booked at uh, Oadby, which is just up the road. That's my recommendation for a hotel if you don't want to get stuck uh, in Leicester. Oadby is a lovely little village just outside, and it's very easy to get to the university from there. It's about five minutes away from the university. So um, if, if you're heading to the self-publishing conference, just let me know. The reason I'm dithering about it is I was offered a corporate training event, which will be, you know, quite lucrative for a day's work and I didn't want to turn it down um that will finish at four sharpish on the Friday um and and really realistically from Cumbria it's not really a train journey to Leicester I'm gonna have to drive it down uh, and I get pretty tired after doing the training days and I'm really just trying to figure out whether I want to jump in a car from Penrith and drive down to Leicester um you know to attend that event so I'm, I'm just dither 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 and uh, I'm really looking for excuses to sort of tip me over the edge to say, all right, you know, I know a lot of people down there. It's going to be nice and sociable. 
let's go. So if you're going to Leicester on the 22nd of April, let me know. Similarly, let me know if you haven't booked a hotel for that event yet and you might be interested in buying my room off me because depending on which way I go, you know, either answer might be very helpful. Uh, but it really just boils down to at the end of a long training day, can I be bothered to jump in a car for three hours? That's really what it boils down to. I would very much like to go to the event, um, but it's just the way things have gone with my diary. Uh, yesterday had a lovely day it was a good day yesterday actually all sorts got done I got the book planned I had the conversation with the um, Society of Authors I did a very top secret project yesterday which I may be able to tell you about I'll, I'll, I'll let you know as soon as I can and if I can I'll let you know very top secret project yesterday as well and then also I went to do an interview I drove up the motorway to Gretna uh, which is probably about what 10 miles away from here to speak to local author Graham Smith now Graham uh, writes kind of crime novels really sort of gritty crime novels and he organized the crime and publishment events that you'll have heard me you'll have heard me being enthusiastic about a couple of weeks ago it was up at Gretna and I, I attended one day of that event and, and loved it and it was something that I'd like to make more time for you know next year if it fits in with my domestic diary so Graham um, started self-publishing his books and then he's now traditionally published so he was um, published with Cafe Nights and he's just about to publish now with Bloodhound Books. I'm very envious of that because those are two publishers I'm I'm interested in. Um, you know, they're kind of... I, I'm not that interested in traditional publishing uh, on the whole, but there are some uh, publishing houses that are just a little bit cooler. You know, they just feel a little bit more modern and trendy. And and, and Cafe Nights and Bloodhound Books are are two examples of, of trend-style publishers that I would be interested in because I just kind of like the vibe that they give out. And there's there's probably about five or six of them that I, I, I like and would be very interested in. Um, so um, Graham, we had a great chat, actually. It was nice. Uh, he was the second interview I'd done with my portable recording equipment. Uh, last person I did uh, uh, recorded like that was Richard Maidley. And again, we were in a hotel at the, uh, at the time. So I was at a hotel talking to Graham. We were in the bar having a chat. Um, and it was you know really nice to sort of see somebody as I'm talking to them. And... I just wanted to let you know that Graham is using networking in a, in a brilliant way. I knew because I'd, I think I'd seen him talk on stage for the last time at a crime event in Carlisle about a year or so ago. And, and I clocked him then and thought, what an interesting guy. And, and just um, he'd attended one of my corporate events and introduced himself. And we just kind of got to know each other. And um, he's just using um, networking in a completely um, different way, um, but a very accessible way. You know, if you're if you're a bit shy and and, and you don't really like um, you know being showbiz, you know. So I do this podcast. Uh, strangely, you know, actually I am reasonably introvert. I don't like big so social gatherings. Quite uncomfortable in those. Whereas Graham is more comfortable in those, but he, he does his networking in a completely different way. And, and I just think there are many ways to approach this. And, and I, I really would urge you to listen to Graham's interview. I'm going to run it on the 24th of April. So, um, put that date in your diary, but it's just some really good ideas about connecting with people. And, and, and it's actually completely responsible. What he does, the way he's done this is completely responsible for him moving from an independent to a traditional author. It's very, very, sort of compelling story and the more people I talk to the more clever I think people are just in how they approach their publishing careers we've all got different ways of approaching it and you can learn so much from talking to other authors uh, also last Saturday I interviewed Jason Black and now Jason I first met he he was one of the participants in my dystopian uh, insta freebie giveaway and he did very well, and I reached out to him. Then I I had a look at the people who'd done very well, and I'll be contacting a lot of them as as podcast guests. And he's also just been on my crime 
giveaway, which finished last Sunday. So um, I did an interview with uh, Jason on, on Saturday, last Saturday. Great chat. He writes in all sorts of different genres. He's been writing for years. So he's got a lot of air miles in terms of self-publishing and some very good stories to tell, but really enjoyed talking to Jason. We had a lot of fun, actually, because he and I were doing internet marketing at the same time. And, you know, doing all the old nonsense internet marketers do. It's not nonsense, but uh, the, the way it's sold is nonsense. The principles are, are completely sound and actually well worth learning from. I still use them in everything I do. But, but you know, there are a lot of products around internet marketing that are nonsense. And we had quite a good laugh about all the old <laughs> rubbish that, you know, we bought and tried in our internet marketing past. So, again, that's going to come up in May uh, sometime. I'm, I'm not quite sure when that's being scheduled just yet. Lots of general news. Uh, interesting um, example this week um, in that I've told you that my secret bunker books, they're based on Scotland's secret bunker, which is a fantastic tourist destination if you are in Fife. If you're in Fife, please do not pass by or near without going to Scotland's secret bunker. It is, I would rate it as one of the best tourist destinations I've been to. It's just brilliant. When I went, I had low expectations, but it was brilliant. Um, it's like a it's a nuclear bunker where the Scottish government would have gone if we'd had a nuclear attack. The way the news is going this week, they might be back there by the sounds of it. But um, it, it's the size of two football pitches. It's over two levels. It's huge and it's amazing. And you know, you've got to visit it if you're passing by. Or if you love dystopia and all that sort of thing, you know, you really must make a visit. But that's a long way of telling you that um, my Secret Bunker series is based very loosely on that bunker being there. And the Secret Bunker will be great supporters of mine. They start the books. They seem to sell a lot of them because they keep reordering them. And I am hugely grateful for that support. But clearly they were doing some housekeeping in, in this new summer season. And they'd asked a local book supplier to get in touch with me to see if they could get them sourced, you know, rather than them having to order them as they have been doing for the last couple of years. They're obviously trying to get them through a more automated source, which is fair enough. It's just, you know, managing your business. But interesting, I got an email from this book supplier um, who, who distributes in, in Scotland. Uh, and they were asking me, they said um, they wanted to get hold of my books. But they were saying that the customer's looking for a 35% discount, and then they need to make a discount to cover their costs. So they wanted me to supply the books direct at a discount of 45%. Now, um, you know, this is where we independent authors have a real problem with books, because I've tried this. You know, yeah, yeah, of course I want to get my books into bookshops. Of course I do. Uh, but I, I went through Ingram Spark, which is really the only way you've got to do it. This is, this is really what they were after for me to be listed, um, not through Create Space, but, but through, uh, traditional outlets. And to do that, you have to do it through Ingram Spark. But I've been through this. I had the books listed on Ingram Spark and I cannot make any money out of it. I can't offer, um, sale or return, which is what these companies want and a 45% discount. I think it might even go up to 55% on Ingram Spark, but, but, um, I can't make any money out of it. So why on earth would I do it? Now, there is the argument about, well, if you break even, you're getting your book out there. And, and I hear that, uh, and, you know, and might consider it. But I don't know. I just thought, you know, I, I everybody's making their profit. I was the guy who sat down and did the hours and wrote the book. And, and to me, it's kind of, I don't know, I just want it to come from a position of respecting what we do, which is that, you know, we, we put... um I've put a lot of money into that book, into the cover, into the proofreading, a lot of time and, and hours into getting it right. And I'm delighted that, you know, people want to support me um, with that. But if I can't make any money out of it, is that a good thing? I don't need to make a lot. 
but I think it's fair that I make a bit. And it just felt to me that I was last in the money-making chain. Yeah, I'm the guy who wrote the book. So uh, I, I got back to them and said, look, I, you know, I can't do this. There's only one way that I could do this. It, and I, I believe me, I'd like to. At the moment, if I get one of my own books, the fastest way for me to do it, you'll know this if you produce paperbacks, if you publish on CreateSpace, you can order from the States, but when you order from the States, the postage costs are huge, so you don't make any savings. So if I order at cost price, and, and the cost price is $3 something, that, that would represent a saving for the secret bunker. If I order from from um, America, I've got to pay the postage on it. So by the time I've paid the postage on it, not, not only is it slow, it's expensive. And so the books are back at the normal price. Now, I went to the London Book Fair two years ago. I went to the Amazon stall and said, you need to dispatch your proofs of books um, or your cost price books from the UK because I cannot get uh, a proof you know, or a cost price book in a way that makes financial sense to me in the UK. Now, come on, Amazon. You know, we've got enough authors, for goodness sake, in the UK now. It's a big enough marketplace. We need to get our books dispatched from the UK so we're not paying punitive costs on the postage so that we can supply those books to people like The Secret Bunker at a discount. And we, as authors, can still make a little bit of profit. Now, it doesn't have to be a lot of profit because, you know, I'm, I'm highly ecstatic to have my paperbacks in the secret bunker it, you know it works well for both of us it's a great symbiotic deal but i cannot supply them at a price you know where where everybody makes their cut and, and just that's not good is it that's not good at all so i want to thank the secret bunker because you know i i explained that situation and regardless of that they bought 70 copies of my paperbacks in one day uh, of the secret bank or they did it through amazon which is the cheapest way they can get them now uh, the, the one other way i could save the money uh, but they think that is is, is to use my Prime account to order them so that they don't pay postage, but they seem to have a Prime account, so they weren't paying postage. So at the moment, the cheapest way to get my paperbacks is by ordering them directly through Amazon. And we've got to sort that out. You know, it's two years ago I moaned to them about this, and people keep moaning to them about it. They need to dispatch those those cost price copies, those proof copies, to the author from the UK without the punitive cost. So that's just me on my soapbox, but I don't want this to reflect in any way negatively on The Secret Bunker because they have been hugely um, supportive of me. But you know, we're all in business. They have a cost of business. I have a cost of business. The book distributor has a cost of business. And the solution is for all of us, so we all make our cut because we've all got business costs that we need to cover. The solution is Amazon, sort yourself out, get your finger out, and let's have these proof copies dispatched from the UK and then we could all get on with our lives and as indie authors we can start to supply them profitably in a way where we can send them at um, you know we can sell them profitably at book signings and things like that but it needs to be sorted this okay that's me off my soapbox I don't get political very often but that was a, a particular frustration this week I really want to support the sacred bunker and um, you know I, I, I they they are supporting me and I want that to be a reciprocal arrangement that benefits both of us Okay, so that's me off my soapbox. Let's move on to Insta Freebie giveaway results now. So my Insta Freebie giveaway closed on Sunday. I personally added 963 leads from that event. Now, just think about it. We started the event on Monday, and I had no crime thriller giveaway email addresses. By In seven days' time, I had 963, just sort of a 1,000. That is amazing. You know, Even if some of them unsubscribe, even if some of them only want the freebie, that is amazing. I've never known anything that builds a targeted list 
like that. But let me tell you, as the giveaway organizer, let me tell you what I did. Because those, um, my Google Analytics tell me, and it'll be more than that now because I looked at it a few days ago. I've had 27,000 page impressions on my freebiebooks.com giveaway site since I did those two giveaways. 27,000 page impressions for a brand new website. It's only been there for about a month, no more than two, certainly. That's a lot of hits. Now, because I use the Facebook tracking pixel on that site, I have created from one giveaway over seven days, a targeted Facebook list, a custom list of 5,400 crime and thriller readers. So not only am I now targeting those readers, I've turned that into a lookalike list of 2.5 million readers on Facebook. Now, I don't have, I haven't had to date a lot of luck with Facebook ads. I've found them good for getting leads, not good for making sales. So I am running a small campaign at the moment, direct to sales. The reason I'm doing it direct to sales is when I interviewed Adam Croft, who's coming up on the podcast, when is it, in a week or two, in a couple of weeks, Adam told me that when he did his massively successful campaign, he went straight to sales. He didn't go for emails. He went straight to a sales page. I've sort of tried that, not really working for me, and I might end up going for leads again. But the the ads are certainly getting the clicks, just don't seem to be getting the buy-throughs at the moment. So I need to work on that. But, you know, look at that list. 963 leads in seven days. A Facebook list because I got, I, I because although I didn't get all the leads from it, I got all the traffic, which gave me a, a Facebook list of 5,400 crime and thriller readers because that's why they were coming to the page. And then a 2.5 million lookalike list. That's got to be worth doing, hasn't it? Over seven days. So my recommendation to you, I don't know where you are on your sort of tech journey, but my recommendation to you, and this is what I covered in my Insta freebie webinar on Tuesday evening, is hold these giveaways. Be the host of these giveaways. Now, I've put the uh, the link, the web link to my webinar replay from Tuesday called uh, Insta Freebie Leads Explosion in True Internet Marketing Manner. And um, I've explained how to get the best out of an Insta Freebie giveaway, where to find Insta Freebie giveaways to ta- take part in. But also I've deconstructed a couple of simple um, Insta Freebie giveaway sites that, that the hosts have used and showed you how to make your own for free and recommend that you put the Facebook pixel in so that you can grow some really large audiences. So uh, my, re- my top recommendation is be a host. If you can't be a host, at least take part in these things. But please do check out the webinar replay. It's on the resources page for the diary this week. Um, incidentally, if you were attending that um, webinar, I've been using uh, GetResponse. It's just part of my email marketing um, package. And they do a, a webinar series. I don't really like it. I'm not getting on with it. So um, I, I would prefer go to webinar. That's going to cost me, what, nearly 1,000 quid for the year, which makes me want to cry. But, you know, every... At every turn, GoToWebinar is always the best marketing webinar tool to use. I just wish it wasn't so expensive. So I'm bracing myself and sort of thinking, well, I might have to go and buy this at some point because I really want to do more author education webinars, but I can't really do it using that Get Response tool. You know, p- people were saying, oh, it's flaky and sticky and laggy, and it doesn't really record it very well. So I, I think I'm going to have to move on for a webinar tool, unfortunately. So if you were on that um, webinar, it was a little bit ropey and sticky. For your apologies for that. And um, I did, when I did the replay, I recorded it directly off my screen. And um, so it's really good quality. Uh, the, the audio is really good quality too. So catch the replay if it didn't really work for you live. Okay, we're nearly there. I just wanted to mention that I'm doing my accounts this weekend. It's the end of the financial year in the UK. 
Um, I've been running since I stopped my limited uh, company when I went back to work. I'm sole trader now for all my sort of author income and outgoings. And I've been using QuickBooks Self-Employed, which I love. For instance, when I went up to see Graham on uh, Thursday, uh, because I use the QuickBooks uh, app on my phone, it logs automatically, detects the miles I'm doing, and um, it, it just kind of puts it into the software. It's, it's just, I don't, don't, you know, I know how this stuff works, and it still amazes me. Um, but it, it just logs my mileage and puts it through the books for me. It's just incredible. It just logs it from the phone. Um, and, and it logged all that mileage because that is a business expense, uh, obviously. So I, I can sort of claim, I can claim the mileage there, but it takes care of all that. So what I wanted to say then, because if you are, um, if you are an author, then you should be running at least uh, a self-employed uh, business, if not a limited uh, company. Probably most of us will be, um, you know, self-employed, will be sole traders. And I just wanted to recommend what I'm using as a tool to do my accounts because it's really revolutionized my life at the moment. Um, I'm using something called QuickBooks Self-Employed. And what I've done is I've just put a referral link on the resources page. Now, I've put the referral link there. Obviously, I can't even remember what my kickback is, but I'm putting it there because it gives you a discount. And, and the referral link, as far as I know, is the only way you can get this significant discount. So you can have a go of it uh, at a very, very low price. Um, and although I, I, I get some kind of kickback, and I say I can't even remember what it is, uh, probably a discount on my you know monthly premium. Uh, but it's only, I think I pay £7.50 a month for it. Now, compared to what I was paying for an accountant when I was a limited company, I was paying, I think it was £132 a month for um, for an accountant. So £7.50 is nothing as a business expense, but I'm getting on really well with it. So I just wanted you, you know, as we're in a new tax year here, and you may be thinking about these things and cursing spreadsheets or cursing Amazon to get all your receipts together, uh, do do take a look at QuickBooks Self-Employed. I'm just delighted with it as a piece of software and, and highly recommend it to you. Last thing then before I go, um, I'm doing an Alliance of Independent Authors question and answer session with Orna Ross this Tuesday at, uh, I think it's 8pm UK time. If you check out the page, I've put a link on my resources page for this podcast diary. Um, I think it's 8 till 9 as far as I can tell. I thought it was 7 till 8 at first, but it looks like it's 8 till 9. So, you know, whatever, I'll be there. I'll turn up and we'll do the Q&A. And if you've got any questions, um, you know, particularly the kind of stuff that I do, which is geeky social media website stuff, that's really the kind of questions that I want to get. Um, you know, don't ask me about how you sell a million books because I don't know. I need to listen to somebody else for that kind of stuff. But I can tell you about the how-to stuff and the techie stuff and the geeky stuff. I can talk you through all of that. Uh, very confident with all of that. But I can't, well, I can't, I can tell you how to start selling books. I can tell you how to start shifting books, but I can't tell you how to sell a million books yet because I haven't done it myself. When I have, I'll be only too happy to share it you know, if we ever reach that stage. And if you do it before me, please let me know. So that's it for this week's podcast diary. Thank you very much for listening. On Monday's podcast episode, uh, it's a take two. I'm talking to thriller writer Rachel Amphlett for the second time. Now, uh, those of you who listen to the podcast will know that I chatted to Rachel, ooh, it must be a couple of months ago now. It feels like only yesterday. And um, I, I, I keep an eye, obviously. I keep in contact with authors that I talk to. And the reason I'm coming back to talk to Rachel again is we're not covering any of the ground that we spoke about last time. Rachel just did a phenomenal uh, launch for her first book in the Detective K Hunter series. She just pulled out all the stops um, to, to launch that book and just did a brilliant job of it. And when, when we were in the middle of the launch, or when she was in the middle of the launch, I just contacted her and said, Rachel, we've got to talk again. I, I just need to know. I want you to talk me through this. Tell me what worked, what didn't work. You know, just talk me through your launch process. And so that's what we're doing. You know, it's Rachel Amphlett's amazing launch formula. And that's what we're talking about on Monday. Don't worry if you heard Rachel talk before. You'll know already that she's amazing. But if you want to get some really good practical tips 
about how to launch your book. Make sure you're listening on Monday. By the time I speak to you next week, I should be up to 10,000 words of my yet-to-be-properly-titled new thriller novel. (laughs) But in the meantime, have a great week of writing, and I'll catch up with you soon. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.